Hey girl. Hey mama. Ready to get unschooled? Totally. Welcome to Moms Unschooled. Where we break down all the things from the mundane to the magnificent. So you can think for yourself and do what's right for you. Hey Erin. Hey Sarah. I am so glad that we are recording this episode today, but can I tell you it took me an extra 25 minutes to get out the door. Today? Yeah, today. I have three kids, and as you all know, we are homeschooling, and so the idea of getting out the door, you should always allow an additional 15 to 20 minutes to get anywhere you're going, and I have felt like the incredible nag lately. Mm. Brush your teeth, brush your hair, get a jacket, it's cold outside, get your shoes, get your shoes, get your shoes, get your shoes. That is draining. Just hearing you, that is one of the most draining things I feel, to me at least, about parenting. I joked with my husband that I actually need just to record him saying those things because they respond differently. They, he and my son responds differently to him that I could just play the button that's right. like, put on your shoes. If I could only pull out the dad voice, maybe it, they would hear it more often. And so I think this is the episode I want to talk about today. How do we get these munchkins to listen to our words? And I've, I've, really had to kind of take a closer look at myself as I walked up here to record this episode and what am I, what exactly am I doing wrong? Why aren't they hearing me? And so it's a little bit of give and take here. I do blame them for not listening to me, but I also realize <laughs> that I should probably blame myself as well. So when we're speaking to our kids, I guess we have to make sure first they're listening, right? And so we'd have to get down on their level. First of all, we have to make sure maybe we need to be in the same room. I can't be hollering through the walls to come grab your laundry. Mm -hmm. So go to them wherever they are. And I also have to remember they may very well be in the middle of something. That is true. I know. It's true. It's true. Where I need their full attention at this moment, I wouldn't appreciate somebody cutting me off. I almost finished that Lego setter. I've got one more page in a book. Give me a second and I will be right with you. That's how I would express that to someone else. And then here I am expecting them to just jump up when I holler. Mm -hmm. So with that, I have to go to them. Physically. Yes. Go to the same room. Get down on their level. Mm -hmm. If wild man, number one, two or three. Which one? (laughs) If somebody's playing Legos in a room you know, two rooms down the hall, I need to go to the toy room, get down on the level where he's playing Legos, and see where he is Mm -hmm. in his situation. If he's just playing toys and making noises, I think it might be a good time to chat with him. But if he's literally on the last page of a Lego, we call them maps, the Lego maps, I need to have patience to let him get to a good stopping point as well. That's really thoughtful of you. Yeah, if I can do it. Yeah, I know. Like this is this is soul searching right now. This is totally calling myself out right now, y'all, because I want them listening to me, but I don't think I'm doing it right. I really think, and this is an episode we will have to do, and I won't derail us too much. This is a prime example of how historically parenting has changed. When the primary reason for children, sorry to, I mean, this is documented if you look at family structure throughout history. There was a time when the primary reason for children was to, like, work your farm. 
Right. There, there was no like, oh, I'm sorry. Were you not done with that? It was go outside. You're raking up this and you're bringing in these eggs because we need breakfast. Like it, it just so is interesting to me how the dynamic of parenting has changed culturally. And now we're into all this stuff about like, oh, how do we, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying it is very, very interesting that these are the stresses of modern day motherhood. It is different. And I need to get a little unschooled on it because I have no Mm -hmm. idea what I'm doing at this point. This is really taking a closer look at myself and my family and who I am as a mom. I mean, I think I listen to my kids. I think you do for sure. Oh, thanks. Well, not always. But I need to do better. I need to really take in their feelings, their words, to show them that positive behavior to help them maybe listen to me. I mean, my voice by the end of the day, and I mean, ladies, if you homeschool, if you don't homeschool, your children hear your voice all day long. Mm -hmm. And I feel like lately, because I'm also teacher- All I hear is myself all day long. Like, I get tired of hearing my own voice, let alone my kids. I mean, it sounds almost nagging at this point. Right, and it's not fun for you or enjoyable for you to sit there and feel like the manager. Right, now I'm talking even more so. Yeah, put on your shoes. We're leaving. Right. Like, that, that is no fun for anyone. So the nagging has to stop for everyone's benefit. Kids and our, and my own. Our own, if you're, if you're out there and you're feeling me. But... I think we've also trained them not to listen when we yell. Our voices have not only become nagging, Mm -hmm. but my voice is, at this point, perhaps white noise. Right. Yeah, I've known people like that. When someone yells so much, you're right, people become desensitized to Mm -hmm. it. And I think there is an alternative way where like this kind of powerful silence of disappointment or disapproval can also be impactful (laughs) sure sure and so we start to zone each other out yes we've gotten really good at our I mean at this point I hate to admit it but I'm probably not the only one out there my kids voices many times a day are white noise Mm -hmm. and here they are trying to get my attention and I'm ignoring and Mm -hmm. avoiding because it might sound nagging to me at this point. And mm-hmm. so I think we all need to take a closer look at ourselves so we can see how that communication dynamic is going back and forth, ebbing and flowing between us and our kids. Love it. Okay. And so also I think we do, we, I keep saying we, I know I'm out there and I hope somebody's out there with me. We order our kids to do stuff instead of asking them. I'm not going to order you, Sarah, to come join me for a glass of wine. I'm going to ask you nicely, really hoping you'll say yes. So how do you negotiate that with the stuff that they legit have to do? Okay, you need to wake up. You need to wash your hands and brush it. Like, you need to do those things. Well, maybe that's a conversation. And maybe it's a conversation that happens multiple times because sometimes they choose to hear what they want to hear. But things that have to get done. You have to get your jacket on. You have to brush your teeth. You have to put your shoes on. Maybe it's a conversation at breakfast. Okay, after breakfast, because this is our daily routine, what are the things that need to happen next? Can anybody answer that? Oh, I know, Mom. Okay, great. Who can get it done the fastest? Totally brainwashing, manipulating. But I haven't ordered them to do so. They, They think... They're taking the initiative to get it done. 
Right. And that's something that in the moment is it can be so hard to remember. Because at the end of the day, that takes more effort on the parent's part. Absolutely. It is easy to yell. And I feel myself yelling when I'm late. And who isn't late getting out the door on school days? Yeah, Okay, yes, my kids are homeschooling, but I also have little man, my number three, who goes to a daycare preschool type atmosphere. Yeah, you have to be somewhere at a certain time every morning. We have somewhere to be. So the whole brush your teeth and get your shoes on Mm -hmm. routine has not changed for us. And I would also argue... My guess is most homeschooling families do the same routine to get their day started, even if they're not walking out the door, literally walking out the door. And so we have to have that conversation with them. This is the structure. This is what has to happen. Did you notice I grabbed a jacket and grabbed my shoes? This is just something (laughs) that needs to happen. And let's do it all together. I find myself ordering and yelling when I feel like I'm late. And instead of giving me and my kids grace, I know I say that word a lot, I'm because I'm working on it, y'all. If I give myself grace, take a breath, and remember patience, the day's actually going to get started better, even if I am four or five minutes late. It doesn't happen very often, but I have noticed it's definitely starting the day off in a way more positive manner if I can remember those things. And one of them is stop ordering them around. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that anyone likes that. I, right. remember, I remember reading this book once that was like, as an adult, how would you respond if someone yelled at you? Right. Like, that's basically what you're doing to your kids when you yell at them. Right. So we yell, so, we order, we nag, we overemphasize, and we lecture. Wow, that sounds like somebody I really want to be around. Right. Where's the disconnect, though, between, again, you have to do certain things and you don't have a choice. You know you're supposed to do those things. Is it seriously that they don't remember? That's what I am still trying to figure out. My son can remember a specific detail about a vacation we took two years ago Hmm. and like an activity we did, but has no clue where his Crocs are. No clue in the house and they're within like a three foot perimeter of him. Right. Right. So maybe it's just that's like the small human brain that I don't know. Like where is the disconnect? I don't get it. Well, their little munchkin perspective is so different than ours. I mean, anything we don't want them to remember, they will remember forever. (laughs) And vice versa. Right? They can't wait to tell us that story about that day that mama had her shortcomings. Right. But man alive, if I had a dime every time I told somebody to put their shoes on or, Mm -hmm. you know, pick up the Nerf gun bullets that are all over my house. And so with that, and we become a broken record. Mm -hmm. They start zoning us out. And then we also say no too often. Yes, I would agree with that. What if we just said yes or found out a more clever way how to say maybe-ish? So give an example, though, in those times when you're literally supposed to be doing some be somewhere or go somewhere and they're like, but I want to blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can say, yes, you can still do that, but that will have to be when we get home. Or, hey, I know you're working on that Lego. Can you tell we're Lego maniacs in my house? You're working on that Lego structure right now. Can you take just one of the Lego guys with us from that set in the car with us? Because we got to go do this thing. And then you can come right back and finish building it. Yeah. I just get so tightly wired and high strung and uptight if I'm late. 
If I take a second to get clever about my own words and positive about my own words, I think it's even going to be a smoother transition out the door because I feel like I'm like drop kicking kids out the door. And I mean, that just <laughs> never goes well. And then they hem haw to get up into the van and mm-hmm. strapped in their seats. And then, oh, what next? <laughs> you know, just take a minute, take a breath, put it in perspective. And I'm not talking to everybody out there. I'm talking to myself when I'm saying <laughs> all of this because I am the biggest culprit when it comes to yelling and not getting their attention, but I feel like that's mostly my fault, not theirs. I'm the same way in that I never start off yelling, nor do I think you do either. It's always the fifth or sixth reminder. Yes. Uh, but I, I have also noticed, you know, after dinner time, you know, the daddy comes home at dinner time in our house and right about the time I want everybody to start chilling down for that's bedtime. Hard. We have WWF wrestling in the living room floor. So now am I talking to three kids or four counting the daddy at this point? <laughs> and I'm not telling secrets, y'all. He knows. I call him the fourth <laughs> child so often. Love you, sweetheart. But I want everybody to start relaxing. Mm-hmm. And so I give them their second while I'm cleaning up dinner. They're wrestling and running around like wild banshees. And then I say, okay, let's get our jammies on. Okay, let's get our jammies on. And I feel my blood pressure Uh rising. And by the fourth time, I'm yelling, get your jammies on. Well, then everybody hears me because now mean mommy's out. Mm -hmm. And I I have even said this, y'all, and I'm not proud of it. As they're going to get their jammies on, I'm saying, nobody hears me until I'm yelling. Yeah. Well, Well, is that their fault or mine? And so I look I look at these lists of how to to have your children listen to you and I'm saying it nicely. Mhm. But I'm not on their level. I'm doing okay. it when they're all spun up and hyped up. That's not the right time to do it. That's true. Maybe I need to get, you know, the husband's focus looking at him like and start bringing it down. Or you go over and pick them up and body slam them as part of your WWF right. stuff. If mama say, gets a body slam in, you got to go get jammies. your jammies. I know. Or, yeah, maybe it's so. so hard. That's what I'm saying. Like, how did we get from the freaking pioneer mom that was like, go bring in the damn butter churn. Right. To so having, we can survive. To have it. That makes sense. Yes, it's a drastic change. And it's a change in your own personal style. I'm not very funny. I'm more sarcastic. I have a sense of humor, but I'm not this fun-loving like, hey, everyone, who's going to beat Roger so-and-so to get your jammies on? Like that, if, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, get out of here. Please. Yeah, that's also a sentence we don't say to our friends. <laughs> Or what, yeah, or yes, if anyone's approaching you with that, you just walk the other way. But yeah, it takes, No wonder they walk the other way. It does, it takes you changing, going out of your comfort level. Because like I said, I'm not, my husband is way more, I don't know, him and my son can be silly together. Right. I don't, I just don't get, I don't know, first grade boy humor. So very well. So, it all ends up in poop talk. Or in some fashion. And yes. and that's what I'm talking about here. You know, after dinner, all everybody's done their belching competitions. <laughs> and now it turns to poop talk because poop talk is never old. And it's always funny when you're a boy yeah. and a grown man for that matter. And so now mama's ready to get everybody in their jammies. And we're all spun up about the poop talk. We're all laughing and carrying on. And then mean mommy comes in and ruins it for us all. Mm -hmm. I need to give it a second if I can remember to do this. That's what's the challenge, right? Right. So you have to stop, be conscious of 
okay, this is what they're doing right now. How do I get on their level? So in that situation, you'd have to be like, heard everyone has poop in their pajamas. You got to run into the toilet to find it. Like, I, I get it. And I'm on board with it. I still can't comprehend that. These are the kinds of things we have to do as parents versus back on the range when... Right. But dad also didn't come in and play with kids in the pioneer times either. Mom didn't play with kids. Dad didn't... You you had a lot of siblings to play with you. And, you know, at night you read a story together and that was... It was just a different kind of routine. Yeah. And now, you know, we can talk about how our kids don't listen to us and we don't listen to them, but there's this incredible amount of pressure everywhere we go these days, I'd say more so than even in the 50s or 80s, to not only be a good parent, Mm -hmm. but be a crafty parent, Mm -hmm. have a clean house kind of parent, have your kids looking super cute and, you know, make sure you're doing educational activities with them every day kind of parent. If you're not on Pinterest finding out how to turn Play-Doh into a geography lesson. But that's what I'm saying. It's keeping up with the Joneses and that's one thing that we need to stop doing to ourselves. But at the same time, our kids are living in this world and we have to learn how to react accordingly. Yeah. I don't think there was much pressure in the 80s. (laughs) <laughs> you said the 50s and 80s. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, we have more oh, pressure yeah, yeah, today's yeah, yeah, yeah. day and age in parenting gotcha. than they did. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. Okay. So now we have to be fun while we make completely healthy lunches in our reusable lunch packs. And, well, you can't just put a PB&J in there anymore. It has to be cookie cutter cut out into a cute shape. And there, all this pressure. Now, I'm telling you all. I don't feel pressure to do that. Some of you might. But I'm saying there's all these different Mm -hmm. pressures and how we act accordingly to it is going to trickle down to our kids. So we may not care about something, but because so-and-so took their lunch in this new fang-dangled lunchbox, our kids now care about it. Mm -hmm. In some ways, I'm going to say it. And maybe I need to get in school about it or maybe it's the other way around, but sounds like a big like first world problem in a way and I don't mean to knock all these psychologists and writers who have thoughtfully laid out different strategies to get your kids to listen and things like that but I look at other style parenting communities where I don't know it's just I don't envision them doing this stuff or worried about this stuff where all the kids are just seem seem right happy and are outside together and when it's dinner they run in and wash their hands and eat and there's none I want to understand more about the disconnect between the middle class western motherhood experience and mothering in different cultural groups and how that is so different that's another that's a different episode I'm totally fascinated but it like I said they're not sitting here reading to these lists they're not going on freaking Pinterest being like how do I talk my kid into X, Y, Z. I could be wrong, but I don't envision that they are having to parent, I don't know, almost having to think about the things that we are thinking about. And so that's why I think, where did we take this left turn to, like you said, having to go be the mom to body slam the kids? Just so they listen? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I find that fascinating. I'm totally interested. Let's research it. That'll be an episode. Yes. I love, yes. Because it's that has always bothered me. And because this is real. 
This is absolutely a first world problem, but it's also a real problem that all of us American mothers face. And it's a modern problem because sometimes I wonder, I don't know, moms in the time of Downton Abbey, there was a nanny in the castle right. or whatever they lived in the manor house and like right. you never saw them. I don't know. It's just. And you had a cook and housemaids and we are doing it all. Yeah. We have to be it all for everybody with a happy face on mm-hmm. all the time. And is it fair? No. But if we can keep it in perspective, I need to do me, you need to do you. I am enough for my family. I am enough for the world. And actually know when to say yes versus no to things that, that pop up into our schedule. That brings our anxiety levels lower, joy into our lives where we are able to put it more into perspective. Yes. And, and it's a trickle-down effect to the kids. Yes. And then you, in that case, if you are less stressed about, oh, we have to do this or we got to blah, 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 you might be more willing to be silly about when it's time to get in pajamas. So besides getting down on their level, trying to reframe how you give them instructions, what mm-hmm. else have you come across that would be helpful to get kids to listen? Tell them why they need to do what you're asking them to do. Okay. Which sometimes works and sometimes <laughs> doesn't. These are tactics and strategies that we can try with our own children. Right. And sometimes if you have a strong-willed child like my own who does not believe the, like the reason is not or up to par. Your, yeah, your reason is completely bunk. Yeah, right. you're going to have to take the effort to convince them it's meaningful in some other way. Right. And once again, that is on us to mm-hmm. slow down, find the right positive words, and put it on, you know, get down on their level and talk on their level. I understand after really thinking about this that what they are doing in the moment is of a, the utmost importance to them. And that will never change. We no. Think, that's, I'm so glad you said that because... And people use high schoolers as an example all the time. Oh, none of this will matter when you're out of high school. You're just in high school, blah, 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 blah. To them, what's going on in their lives is huge. Yes. And so you don't want to diminish. And just like you said, and to the same extent, a eight-year-old boy working on, I don't know, a Cub Scout project that he's really into is the most important thing for him at that time, too. So I'm so glad you said that. And we want to encourage those. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about in The Brave Learner, something that they're doing that looks like mindless jazz to us mm. is could be of the utmost importance to them with incredible significance. And it's keeping their attention, and they are interested. They are somehow learning in yes. what they're doing. Okay. And then we come in and interrupt it because we think what they need to do is more important. Mm-hmm. That's, once again, back on me as the parent. And so I think it's, as I as I look at all the psychologists and mom blogs and so on and so forth, it just comes down to the timeliness of it. How am I doing on the time... The situation, the environment, the attention span, where are we in this moment? Are they ready to listen to me? Mm-hmm. If not, maybe I need to find the patience to wait two, five minutes longer. Mm-hmm. And if not, then maybe I start using all these strategies. But I think the timeliness of the task and me talking to them to get them to do something is the most important part of this. Thanks for listening to Moms Unschooled. Subscribe on YouTube. 
follow us on Facebook or email us at momsunschooled at gmail.com. Juicy!